Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hello everyone and welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. This July 7th, the day after the uh, 4th of July weekend. It was kind of nice to have it on a Friday. (laughs) It meant we all had a nice long weekend, and uh, I hope yours was wonderful wherever you celebrated yours. Um, Hopefully the weather was cooperative with you. If you were in many parts of the country, you had rain, and we were one of them. We had quite a bit of rain. It was a pleasant rain as far as we were concerned. We were not part of the eastern seaboard um, winds and and part of Arthur, but if you were camping or if you were on the shore, I hope you were safe and sound and um, were able to have a, a good story to tell about this 4th of July. Sandra's not here today. She is off on vacation, but, uh, well, not a vacation, but she's taking some time away to get some things done. And uh, in the meantime, I have our roving reporter, Stephen Boyd, with us today. Steve, are you with us? Yes, I am, Robin. I'm right here, right down the hall. (laughs) Right down the hall. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Um, Yes, Stephen and I are married. But, you know, I really enjoy doing these shows with you, Steve, because there are often times that we have conversations getting ready for the show or getting ready um, for a topic that we might not have talked about before, and I think that it's pretty cool. Yes, yeah, there's always uh, things. I'm always looking things up, uh, if not uh, directly on the radio with you and Sandra. I uh, I go through the various military and veteran organizations' websites to see if I can throw something on Toga Chat for you. That's right. And, you know, uh, we might have a little bit of time next segment to talk uh, about our friends. I think one of the nice things that we do when we have uh, an author come on, especially from some of the Military Writers Society, um, I really love sharing these books with you because your perspective is, of course, going to be so different than my perspective. I will read it and have a completely different takeaway than you who may have been there or can relate because of the subject matter. Yeah, there's just little subtleties in there that they may throw in because uh, so many of them are veterans and have seen and done things that uh, civilian, uh, civilians just don't see or recognize. 
Right, right. And we had that that um, gentleman on, and we're going to have him on uh, fairly soon, Richard Gashke. Um, he was the one who wrote In Our Duffel Bags, and he also wrote some poetry. Uh, and, and that was a book, for example, that you, ca- you just were uh, taken by that so much differently than I ever would have understood. And um, your feedback on that was wonderful. Yeah, he was a... Uh... He had served in Germany, but he had also served in Vietnam, um, actually after I had been there. But uh, the war over the 10 years did not change much. Mm, a soldier is a soldier, is a, is a veteran is a veteran. Um, and it's interesting, we're going to talk later on uh, about an interview that you had with a World War II veteran. But in all of the interviews that you're doing with some of, of these wonderful people that you've, that have shared with you, isn't it interesting that a veteran, that almost that same flavor comes through every conversation that you have? And it's so interesting. It doesn't matter if they are 24 or as this gentleman that we're going to meet today, 94. There's, there's a common thread, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, and, uh, um, we have to get away from Marines, as you reminded me, <laughs> soon, because we've interviewed three Marines, and we need to give fair and equal time to other branches of the service, mine included being the U.S. Army. Yes, we will. Um, the gentleman that we're going to meet uh, later on in the show is Roger Paris, uh, and you you had the most lovely conversation with this man. <laughs> Actually, I had the lovely conversation with him twice because I screwed up the first time and didn't have the recorder running properly. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, Steve. <laughs> hey, you know, even the U.S. Army screws up once in a while. <laughs> oh, well, he was darling, too. Um, he was such a good sport about it all. And, he was. Uh, he was. And the only thing that... Uh, um, I interfered with when I got up to the veterans home up in Tilton was that uh, he was just sat down to start watching the Red Sox game and I said, well, these guys stink anyway. They're losing left and right right now anyway. So he says, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but then he reminded uh, me a, that a the true Sox Red Sox fan, they stink until they're in the World Series and then <laughs> That's right. they're the it's, best team. It's our God-given right to dump on the Red Sox until they win. <laughs> Oh, well, summertime with baseball games, uh, that that's one of the best memories probably. Did you go in to see a Sox game when you were a kid? Uh, yes, I did. In fact, I went in with my Uncle Charles and my father uh, and actually saw Ted Williams play at the time. Wow, are you old? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so old, a living dead. Sorry, I had to say that. But it, it's true. I mean, that's sort of a quintessential memory that a little that well not just a little boy little girls will have them too because your daughter will never let you live it down that you didn't bring her into and a red sox she has game. not been into a red sox game with me she's 28 29 come 28 thursday 28 thursday and uh yeah i have taken my son into at least three red sox games well, you're 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 a good dad, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least fifty percent of the time. <laughs> what are some of the other things that you did as a kid? I'm kind of curious. Um, nothing I care to admit to on okay. the air. Uh, I plead the fifth for the most part. But uh, when we were younger, um, obviously back in the fifties and early sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we didn't have the problems with um, children, pedophiles, and so on. Mm. I remember uh, my brother and I, my older brother Jim, and I rode our bicycles from Lexington, Mass., to Mount Monadnock and camped out up there. That's phenomenal. Uh, which was quite a haul. That's um, an amazing haul. That's a long drive in a car. It's a long drive in a car, and unfortunately we made it about halfway back before we had to call for help and have <laughs> my father come and pick us up. <laughs> we tried. That's right. Well, hey, you did amazingly, and, and what a story that is. And and. Regardless whether you were successful or not, the adventure was there, and I think I think that's wonderful. We were fifty percent successful in that we got to Monadnock and climbed the mountain. There you go, and that is a success. The the coming back was nothing. You got there and you did what you were going out to do. That's right. Fantastic. Going from north to south, it was all downhill anyway on the way home. <laughs> Sitting audience. (laughs) What did you in your family? I am an only child, and you are one of six. What did you and your brood do when you your mom took you on long drives up to the lake? Well, we'd go up to um, our summers were spent up around the um, Bristol area. And mm-hmm. primarily, uh, there's a state park up there, Wellington State Park. It's on Newfound Lake. And that's where we'd go and spend time. Um, both of our, my grandparents, uh, my maternal and paternal side, lived uh, uh, in, in Bristol. So that mm-hmm. uh, we'd spend the night there, uh, usually camping out in tents and uh, spending relatively short weekend trips and so on. Uh, yeah. My father ran his own uh, practice, medical practice, so he wasn't available for long periods of time for vacations. Sure, sure. Did you um, and your siblings fight in the car? It must have been a long car ride. There weren't highways back then. Well, that's a rhetorical question for the audience because you know quite well <laughs> that you know we had serious <laughs> fights and differences. <laughs> There are, you know, I kind of Googled a couple of things because um, everybody, and I think not only, it's not just a statement of economy, but I think it's a statement on uh, families wanting to get back together a little bit more. Um, There's a a wonderful website called roadsideamerica.com. And if you want either some travel tips, first of all, I Googled to find some ideas on what to do with kids on a long drive. I, uh, and there's a lot of great ideas. There's some mom sites out there and some family sites that are going to give you some great ideas. But you've got to go and check out this roadsideamerica.com because it's a site that, uh, it's called your online guide to offbeat tourist attractions. And even if you, you are going anywhere you might want to go here and say oh what a cool thing I'd love to go there and you might find your destination but if you kind of put a town in or put a route in you're going to say oh I didn't realize there's a Johnstown flood information or I just it just popped up Bonnie and Clyde's bloody adventure trail <laughs> and it has this whole thing or USS Rec- 
Requin's um, Cold War sub in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There's a lot of things that might be along the trail that you're heading on while you're on your way to the destination that you want. So I think sometimes breaking up a trip, it might take a little bit longer, but um, it might just be that one thing that the kids could be looking forward to. Um, and I, I, like I say, I really had a lot of fun going through this website, so I, I recommend you checking it out. But there are a number of different websites that are going to give you some great tips as far as um, things to do with a car. Even when you and I, Steve, go to Vermont, um, we've got about 30 seconds before break. One of the things we like to do is just see how many license plates we have. But oh, yeah. You can make it a game for the kids and uh, or maybe even a scavenger hunt, have it be um, who can find a, a red a red car or who can find a billboard sign that says you know something on it or whatever there's I found a real cute scavenger hunt we're talking with Stephen Boyd today about some summer fun um, when we come back we'll talk a little bit more and we're going to meet Roger Paris. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mobby to Mogul radio show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the ripe age of five, she was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable steps to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a Bachelor in Nursing and Masters of Business Administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul Radio Show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul Radio Show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Hello, everyone. It's Robin Boyd here today with you with Stephen Boyd, our veteran correspondent. He is here with us in in Sandra's stead. He's keeping the chair warm. Um, we were talking a little bit about summer fun in the last segment, and I did want to mention that um, a lot of times summer camps are something that kids look forward to. Um, did you ever go to camp, Stephen, when you were a kid? Yes, we uh, all went to a camp up on Winnipesaukee at uh, one time, um, uh, just because our folks thought it would be interesting to do that, and it was it was yeah. enjoyable. Um, we usually developed our own fun be- because uh, me and my brothers always we always did a lot of things together. But I grew up in a neighborhood where there were so many kids that there were always things to do. Sure. In fact, our parents had to actually corral us. Uh, they all had different <laughs> forms of uh, uh, retrieving us. Uh, there were bells, whistles. Uh, <laughs> air horns, you name it, and uh, it was almost, we didn't have speed dials back then, but you could have used it just hunting down children. I think that's hilarious. We we were with, not quite within hollering distance of our next neighbor, so yeah, I kind of had to just I get that little tingle and knew it was time to get home, because I was usually out in the woods somewhere, but um, yeah, I don't think kids quite remember or realize what we did when we were young there weren't cell phones and there weren't weren't uh, technology like that to keep in touch with mom so no, no but uh, we i grew up in uh, lexington which is just outside boston and we'd spend days in boston just roaming around um not getting into any trouble or anything but uh, we learned early where all the uh, museums were for example um, sure uh, just the the fun things to do. Uh, one of our favorite destinations, the way there were two or three big uh, joke and novelty shops in town, and that was a mm-hmm. destination for us. That's so cool. You'd mow someone's lawn, get a few cents, and go run to the joke yeah, shop. That's that's exactly what it was. And back in those days, you know, you go in town with a few dollars, and boy, you could you could really get some things. <laughs> <laughs> And now it is a whole different world, and it is difficult. A family if with six would find it very difficult to send all of their kids to camp. And I did want to mention that uh, if you go to military.com or Operation Military Kids, there often are summer camps in your area that will have um, either military discounts or <clears throat> even better than a discount. They may have some free programs. Um, you may also want to check in with your local family readiness unit. They're oftentimes the best source, especially if you are recently arrived in your area. You might not know all the ins and outs. And <clears throat> excuse me, the um, local boys and girls clubs are often a great resource for finding camps. Yeah, a lot of the places around, uh, you know, some of the bigger towns and things like that have reciprocity with the smaller towns with uh, swimming and and areas like that that they have day camp style uh, get-togethers that uh, kids can do projects and go on trips together and so on. Right, right. And of course, uh, being a Girl Scout, I I know that we don't always have, our organization doesn't always have military discounts per se, although there are some camperships available for girls. 
you also, uh, each council usually does have a way that families can pitch in uh, as far as uh, selling cookies. There's oftentimes a little credit. Every every council calls it something different. And I'm sure that the Boy Scouts will do very similar things too. But um, there there are ways out there. So is as prohibitive as it may look initially when you're looking at a camp brochure for your kids, um, there's different science camps or basketball camps, and military families usually do have some discounts. Now, Speaking of Girl Scouts, I was on one of my blogs, Steve, and I happened to notice a girl that participated in a ceremony over the July 4th holiday um, doing a flag-burning ceremony with her local American Legion. And that's something that I knew of um, more on Memorial Day, but it dawned on me how perfect it would be to also do this over a 4th of July holiday as well. And you were able to look up a little more information about that. And I really think it's interesting for people to understand that there is a proper way to retire a flag. Yeah, I had uh, researched, uh, you know, the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and places like the American Legion and VFW had their own ceremonies, uh, you know, with honor guards and, and saluting and all of that. But the it, but more importantly, uh, we're also talking to a civilian audience, and the proper way to destroy a flag that's retired, and this information can be found on I googled uh, uh, U.S. flag uh, retirement and mm-hmm. came up with a whole bunch of things. But for a civilian, um, the way to fold a flag is tricorned. Everybody's seen it in movies mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, various military uh, aspects sure. um, with the uh, <coughs> blue background and the stars uh, on the outside of the tricorner flag, uh, the tricorner fold. Now, what you do is you make a specific fire to burn the flag, and it must be burned completely. Then it is taken and ceremoniously buried, uh, and you don't burn it with anything. The fire is specific just for the flag. Mm-hmm and then buried accordingly. And you can have a small ceremony, even even civilians, you could play the national anthem and, and put your hand over your heart. Um, they had a number of uh, listings on that, uh, on the websites. Mm. I know that our town's American Legion does it around Memorial Day, and it is a big ceremony. And if one doesn't want to do it, themselves if they don't want to have a ceremony or have the means to be able to burn wherever they are. They can contact an American Legion and they'll be able to help them. They can donate it to them and they can probably take care of it or or participate in the American Legion one. Sure, and uh, you can also call (laughs) the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts and uh, Mm -hmm. and, and they'll direct it. Either they'll do it or they will bring it somewhere that will be done uh, appropriately. I know a lot of times that's a, a scout zone that can be done at camp, and um, there again, like you say, it is not um, added to an existing camp fire. It is it is always done in its own fire in its own fire pit, and those ashes are completely collected and and then buried, like you said. Um, they're not to be added to another campfire or whatever. Right. I, the I other thing that they, they said was not to let the uh, um, flag, uh, let ashes fly up into the sky with it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to 
try to uh, contain the all the ashes together uh, during the burning process. That's really interesting. Did you see some history on this as to how this tradition began? No, I really couldn't find any history. I had gone onto Wikipedia specifically to look at that, and mm. it really didn't say anything. Uh, we've heard stories about, and they've shown showed some pictures of you know that it was cut up in certain ways, and and mm-hmm. some of the uh, ceremonies maybe through. Uh, American Legion of VFW or the Girl and Boy Scouts may have a specific way to do it, but as long as it's done honorably, but the burning is the is the final uh, resting place for the flag. The one thing that I read was that it was no part of it was to be in enemy's hands. So even the sh- little pieces of of the flame. You know, we're not supposed to be captured or whatever, right. and I yeah. would say that would yeah. be pretty intense fire. That's probably civil war issue, but um, yeah, yeah, that's... yeah. There's, there's not much you can do about it if you're under attack and want to destroy the flag, but yeah, you know, you do the best you can. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> under the circumstances. Um, but I thought that it was very interesting that this was done on July. 4th. Fourth, and uh, as opposed to Memorial Day. So, if this is something that anyone is interested in, we suggest you look at the um, American Legion in your area. Boys and Girl Scouts would certainly be able to direct you as well. I, I really think that it's something that all Americans should should find a little more information on, and I think it's really interesting. I've I've often wanted our troops here in town to participate because it really is very moving. Yeah, and it's also the criteria. It describes the criteria that you use when when to retire a flag, uh, sure. when it gets torn, tattered, etc., or right. damaged uh, in some way that uh, it's time to retire it and, yeah. and get a flag. We've only got two minutes, Steve, before the next break, um, and I want to. Uh, the only other thing that I have to say is I'm I have. I get a little bothered when I do see flags flown in the rain, and uh, I really think that they need to come off the flagpole when it's raining. That's just something that bothers me. But yeah, there's, there's a whole set of criteria when you can fly it and so on. Yeah. When you fly it at night, a light has to be on it, for example. Sure, uh, yeah. There's, there's whole sections of flag etiquette uh, yeah. on the websites that I found as well. And I think we should know that. As Americans, we should know how to, oh, how to display yeah. our flag. Yeah. Um, our our guest coming on, I should say guest, he's an audio guest because you recorded him earlier this week, is Roger Paris. Um, and he is how old, Stephen? He's 94 years old, uh, retired Marine gunnery sergeant uh, uh, from World War II. Actually, he joined in uh, 1938. Uh, uh, during the Depression because there weren't any jobs available, and he still had to wait to get into the service then because uh, the armed forces prior to World War II were practically non-existent. The U.S. Wow. Army, for example, had 150,000 total men uh, wow. on uh, just prior to uh, the outbreak of World War II, for example. 
That's fascinating. He's a delightful man, extremely oh, astute, and I can't wait to share his audio with everybody. Uh, this will be on, on after the commercial break. We're talking with Stephen Boyd today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We're so glad you're with us. If you've missed any of this show so far, you sure want to check out MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. We're on iTunes, and we're right here on the Toganet station. Be back in a moment when we'll have you meet Roger Paris. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. This is Buzz Local Radio. We had the three topics here, and we just added a fourth because we started talking about hot dogs. Yes. He's in a band. We both had guitars, so I went over to his house Christmas Day that so day. We had to start a band. And uh, I think we wrote four or five that songs that afternoon. And Cannibalistic Fish was one of them. Cannibalistic Fish. I couldn't do the dreads. My mom would not let me wear my pants backwards to school either. That was wiggity, 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 wiggity. Buzz Local Radio. Available for free download on toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today, along with Stephen Boyd, uh, while Sandra takes a little bit of time off. We had Stephen visit um, a gentleman in our local veterans' home. Um, how Briefly, before we start the, the track here, Stephen, how large is this veterans' home in New Hampshire? Uh, let me get my cheat sheet here. Okay. Uh, it was started in uh, 1890. Uh, wow. Currently, they have 200 residents and 400 staff wow. uh, working there. Um, 
and they have uh, everything from uh, Vietnam veterans all the way up to folks like uh, Roger Paris, who will be on shortly. Mm -hmm. uh, the facility is quite large. Um, it's on 27 acres um, of uh, adjacent to Buffalo Park, a 55-acre conservation par parcel with uh, uh, nature trails on its own trout pond that they have, wow. uh, that all the residents have access to. And this is not federally funded, but partially state funded and partially supported by the federal yeah. government? Most of the uh, operating expenses are paid for by the state of New Hampshire. I see. And uh, when they have uh, a capital project to do, one-third is paid by the Veterans Administration. So they do have I support. See. Um, well, Steve, let's talk on the other side of the track um, so that we don't get cut off by the, by the last commercial. Let's meet um, Roger Paris. Let's do that. This is Steve Boyd with Military Mom Talk Radio. I'm here with retired Marine Gunnery Sergeant Roger Paris. Welcome, Roger. Thank you. Glad to be with you. So, can you tell me about your past history with uh, what you did and when you served? Oh, this friend of mine, Leo Parento, and I both went through grade school together, high school together, and graduated in 37. De decided we'd know what we were going to do. Depression was bad. We didn't have a job. So we thought about the service. And we saw this Marine come up the street where we were hanging around and uh, turned out to be a friend of mine who was in the Boy Scouts. We liked the English farm, so we said we'd go to Boston and enlist. That's where he told us to go, the Fargo building in Boston. So we went down in October and they put us on a waiting list uh, and said they'd call us and they didn't call us till May of 1938. Mm -hmm. And then went through boot camp. And boot camp went to Norfolk Navy Yard in Portsmouth, Virginia. Supposedly, I have no proof of this on paper, but to go to China. In order to go to China, you had to have three years left to do in the service. Mm -hmm. And naturally, where they're going to get them better than out of boot camp, they have the time. And while we were waiting for the ship come, to come in, it was a showmont. It was an old coal burner. Mm -hmm. And when you went on the ship, you became part of the crew. Mm -hmm. And you'd done your two years in China, and you crewed all the way back. Well, the ship was in such a bad shape, they dry docked it, and it didn't look like there was one heading for China in the future. So they sent us to Quantico, Virginia, Fleet Marine Force. And we ended up in... Uh, 5th Marines, G Company, 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines. Mm -hmm. When they decided they are going to ship us overseas, and, and to be frank with you, we were not really trained. Right. That the, the, our guys and officers, that are the high ones, were all World War I guys. Sure. But, uh, so they didn't have a regimented uh, basic training and then advanced training like they do they do now? No. Yeah. No, you went to boot camp. You were 
They learned how to shoot your rifle and clean it. And, oh, yes. Yeah. That was one of the, quali- the qualifications of the Marines were that you shot once a year, and you had to qualify if you stayed on that rifle range for the rest of your turn. Is that right? Yeah, you yeah. had to qualify as a marksman or yeah. better, or you couldn't uh, join a combat unit. Right. But anyway, uh, I was the first, I don't know what you call them, the guy that goes ahead and... Uh, Picks out the quarters for the troops that come. Okay, aboard. like an advance man. Yeah, I was the advance man yeah. for my unit, and I went aboard Wakefield. Was a ship, and I see a guy hanging over the rail, and I went over and talked to him. It was my friend from Manchester. We joined together. Nice. He was advanced for his company. Yeah. So we set up where they were going to bump. You know, had sides and. Where they are to show them where to go when they come aboard, and that's how I gained an extra point over the rest of them because mm-hmm. I was an advanced man. Yeah. Then we went to sea. I guess I tell you we were the Wakefield and uh, five thousand troops aboard. Went through the Panama Canal. Never saw it. Never. They told us we were in it. That's all we knew. <laughs> Everybody kept below, was, kept below deck. They yeah. said there was spies on shore counting. Well, that ship must have been deep in the water. It wouldn't take much of a guess to say it was pretty well loaded. <laughs> then we got out into the Pacific and just sailed on, and we didn't wait till about a week or so, I guess, before we got to New Zealand. They told us yeah. where we were going, and we were going to be in the South Pacific for training for further stuff. And it wasn't for further training. As you know, Guadalcanal came along, and they yeah. made a... Reloaded all the troops and ships and stuff in Wellington, and it was most I've ever seen in one spot, Navy ships that went for maneuvers, which happened to be in Caledonia somewhere, and then landed on Guadalcanal. Yeah, and it was uh, hell. I guess I probably yes. could say. Oh yeah. And then after Guadalcanal, when we got. The unit got, all the units got replaced by the Army. First, the Americal Division came in, one of them, an infantry division, and then a bigger unit came in. But you guys have done the hard work as far as. (laughs) Yeah, well, it it was, we didn't get any supplies, you know. I I really, they were having such a naval battle. Guadalcanal was really a naval battle, but we were the foot soldiers of. But all your supplies went back out to sea. Some of them did. All the the big ships that were loaded and and the tanks and all all the big stuff. They didn't have LSTs when we made that landing, you know. Yeah. And uh, unopposed, you know. Right. But they get you ashore. The things change. Yeah. Um, Went back to uh, Brisbane, Australia. When we got relieved by the army, and everybody, or I'll say 90% had malaria. So we were in a tropical zone. So then they put us on Australian ships and took us down to Melbourne, which is a temperate zone like here, and just the opposite. And we were there nine months, and we were part of MacArthur's overall forces. Forces, yeah. yeah. We were no longer with uh, Halsley or all of them. Right. However, that all changed. 
in the time to come. Mm-hmm. And we went back to an island called Abu or Abu, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And we trained. And uh, from there, we staged in New Guinea. He is incredible. I, I just am so surprised at the uh, detail and accuracy that he has um, as far as his recall, his memory, and how clear everything was to him. What an amazing man. Oh, yeah. He, had, uh, he could remember the details of things, uh, of uh, every action and uh, everything that he did there. Um, we know this is, uh, for the studio audience, is an abbreviated version of the uh, um, interview that they can hear mm-hmm. online. Is that correct, Robin? Yes, it's already loaded. It's on our website, militarymomtalkradio.com. You can hear Roger's full interview uh, on our Veterans Corner page. Steve has his um, all three of the interviews we've done so far, and there are going to be more to come. Um, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk a little bit more, listen to a little more of this. He, um, he's very happy up at this home, isn't he? Oh, yes. Yeah, he's uh, very comfortable up there. Um, as I was walking through uh, the first time uh, that I went up there, um, all the, uh, the uh, patients up there, I'll call them patients. Or residents. 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 Um, uh, very happy, well, well fed, clean, and uh, you know, very quiet up there. Uh, mm-hmm. They have uh, one and two uh, person rooms. Um, they have TVs. It's it's laid out uh, like a hospital, but uh, very comfortable for them. And uh, but it's nice that they bring in entertainment or activities, and they oh, yeah. bus them to places. Yes, and they have plenty of things for them to do. They have. Things that uh, the staff takes care of as far as uh, entertainment goes, uh, yeah. and they they go on trips and so on. We'll hear about uh, Roger's uh, trip to Washington with uh, uh, Honor Flight. Fantastic! And anybody looking for information, well, I'm not sure how much time we'll have after we listen to the the next audio, but I want to direct everybody to honorflight.org. Um, they're always looking for volunteers to take these guests to Washington to see the the memorials there, and uh, you, you can just hear it in Roger's voice when you listen to him talk about it. How special this trip was to him! Uh, so meaningful and um, such an amazing organization this is to arrange these trips for these veterans. Amazing. Um, On the other side of the break, we'll hear a little bit more about Roger. I also, in the short few seconds that I have, I want to challenge everybody, if you have a little group that you might want to get together, um, a scouting group or an adult group, uh, get a cribbage tournament together and maybe visit a veteran's home in your area and start up a veteran's um, cribbage tournament. Or maybe you could do an adopt-a-grandma or grandpa with a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout troop. It's a wonderful way to visit some of these very special uh, people in our communities. Back in a moment with Roger Harris.
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, TrishaGroyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired. With Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's in Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today, along with Stephen Boyd. If you uh, are heading out to the lake or heading on vacation, I do hope you'll download a few of our podcasts. You can find them at militarymomtalkradio.com. You can find them at iTunes, and you certainly can find them uh, right here on the Toganet station, along with many of the other shows. If, if No matter what topic you're looking for, we have it for you at Toganet. Everything from baby and toddler instructions to Beautiful Business Radio to Ghost Chronicles, Harvesting Happiness, Powered Up Talk Radio, Paying It Forward, Sex Talk with Lou Paget, and Sociable Homeschooler, among others. And don't forget Buzz Local Radio. We have a lot for you to take along with you, all uh, easy to download and easy to bring wherever you go. Um, we're here today with Stephen, who is sharing an interview that he had with Roger Paris, um, Marine Gunnery Sergeant. He 
Lee served in World War II with the 1st Marine Division from 1938 to 1945. He's a native New Hampshireite and is now a resident of our state's veterans home, a beautiful facility as Steve was saying. And one of the things uh, that we always like sharing with everyone and asking everyone is their interaction with the VA hospitals. And uh, Steve was very surprised when he became uh, involved in our VA system, uh, a surprise to the, to the better, and especially with some of the challenges that are in the public's um, eye right now with our VA system. We want to make sure that people realize that there's a lot of good to the VA, that there is um, a lot of positive things, and Roger Paris's experiences are a good testament to that. So, Steve, we're going to uh, ask Casey to roll it, roll the tape, and we'll hear a little more from Roger Paris. Let's do that. Tell me about uh, your, your dealings with the VA. You've, you've had a few dealings oh, that have yeah. nothing but positive. Yes, yes, um, except uh, in Florida. Right. That went into the Florida. I uh, joined the VA in White River Junction mm -hmm. from Claremont, and they took care of that side of the state, I sure. guess. And it was, I had a uh, uh, good good relation with them. I had a couple of procedures done there, and I was always treated well. The doctors were well. And they were all Dartmouth physicians, mm -hmm. and on Wednesdays the nurses would come over from the nurses' school. I had no complaints about White River. Right. I liked it. Sure. But uh, Manchester VA, I can't say enough for them. They were good, and the only time I had a delay was for eye exam. You know, sure. It took a couple of years. And we never were allowed dental or anything like that up there. Right. And, uh, but it's okay. Florida VA had one bad incident, but after that, it was okay. And they built a whole brand new one. Yeah. And it was huge, and it was big. I had to pay for part of my prescription. Sure. It started at $3, $5, right. and $9. Yeah. But it was still a bargain. Sure. And when I come back to Manchester and I went to the VA and I self-medicated, they were excellent. Actually, yeah. I can't say yeah, they, they got a great crew down there now yeah. because that was a surprise to me because I'd never used them for 40 years. I had no reason to. I had insurance. And then when I retired, I went over there and I said, you know, I have no insurance or anything. They said, okay. That was my rude awakening when I... Retired, and they said, "Well, you can keep the insurance, you know, but you have now." But when I saw the price of it, I said, "I can't keep that." Right. We had a hundred percent, not dental, but just physical—a wife, kids, anything till they were age eighteen or something. Right. But they paid everything. It was a great insurance. Yeah, I couldn't afford it. Right. So then I went to the VA, and they took—they they let me in, and uh, it was good. Tell me about your experience with the honor flight. Now, you went down there with your brother. Yes. To Washington. Yes. Uh, tremendous. In fact, I, if I knew they were coming on a bacon cake, <laughs> I got a whole bunch of pictures of it on my computer yeah. of the flight. It was tough. Uh, 
for us guys because we were at 5 o'clock from the VA in Manchester, motorcycle escort, yeah. and flags, and down to the airport. Yeah. And then we get to Baltimore. Every service was represented. There was two nice-looking Marines there. I yeah. got over and talked to them. I said, where are you stationed around here? He said, we're not stationed around here. We're in Fort something in Washington. I said, yeah. I said, Marines? He said, yeah. He said, we're part of the Warner Guards or okay. probably door openers. And, yeah. You know, yeah. they're not at 8th and I. Right. They're at a fort where they have the cavalry there. They still have a horse cavalry. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, for the uh, for the uh, funerals. At, uh, yeah, yeah. At, and that, uh, well, that whole thing and Arlington. probably for the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers. Yes. We went to that on, yeah. the, on the thing. Yeah. Uh, um, the honor flight is quite a thing. It started out west somewhere. Yeah. Pilots had really increased. I have a picture of me with Bob Dole around my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to me. Sure. And I tell a different story. I say, I'm telling him. What he <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he's, he's a World War II vet, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He meets all those buses, and he's responsible for that memorial. Is that right? Yeah. When yeah. you go on the bus from Baltimore to the Washington and the World War II memorial, they have on the screens, you know, all, all through the bus, the sure. story yeah. of the hard job he had to get it built. Right. And the only reason he got the permit was it had lowered six feet. Okay, yeah. Because if they built it above ground, it would interfere with the view from the Washington Monument to the Lincoln Memorial. Yes. They didn't want anything. Right. But he dropped the, they dropped the area six feet and yeah. built this. No objection. Yeah, I'm anxious to go down and see all that when, when I go down. Because everything's around the Washington Just Monument. Just hang around a little bit and uh, Joe Byron will pay for it. <laughs> you you know, the, uh, you have a nurse or uh, an angel or whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. each man. Yes. And I had a nurse practitioner from Catholic Medical Center whose husband is a doctor and he was on it. Yeah. But he had another guy. But I, I had her. She was great. Yeah. My brother had a girl from some marina around here, Meredith, or I don't know. But she, they were great. I mean, yeah. They, just it's all volunteers that that go. Yeah. yeah. It cost them four hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for talking with me today again. Do you have any more questions? If you have more things you'd like to tell me, feel free. Well, it's glad I could be with you again. Yes. I enjoy your company. Yes, this is this has been great. Day. Yeah. This but is great. Thank you very much for doing this again. <laughs> it's no problem, as I told you. I can help you again. Love sure. You. Absolutely. What a delightful man. Roger Paris, thank you so much for this visit. And Stephen, thank you for spending time with him. I'm, I'm sure it's your pleasure. Oh, yes. It was, uh, it's, it's great talking to them. You know, it was interesting to, uh, when I was walking through going up to, uh, meet him for the first time and, mm -hmm. uh, the sub uh, subsequent visit as well was that, uh, all the veterans, uh, regardless of their state of mind or their health or anything, just all had smiles on their faces. It's, and I had told you about this before. It's almost as if anticipating that they were, you were there to see them. Um, yeah. 
So it's one of those places where if uh, anyone, young people or whatever, has have an opportunity just to go up and, and chat with some of these old folks, it's uh, they'll really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And as I say, um, maybe it might be to talk with the facility and see if you can start up a, a cribbage tournament or maybe they have an outdoor maybe they play horseshoes or um there's there's an awful lot of things that are are it's the the, the pleasure is twofold definitely yeah. twofold yes they they have so many stories to tell you but you know they're they're old retired people and you know they have the camaraderie between services, uh, regardless of which branch you were in, have sure. always been there, and it grows stronger over the years. They certainly do. And what is just so delightful to listen to this gentleman um, is how sharp and how bright and how uh, alive his mind is. Maybe his body is, is slowing down a bit, but ta- him ta- telling you that his pictures are all on his computer and he was getting an email <laughs> the other day from so-and-so. And <laughs> exactly. He gave me his, uh, his card with his cell phone number on it so that... Uh, you know, I could be in touch with him if I wanted to get in touch with him directly. And, Isn't that uh, wonderful? The facility is fantastic up there. Uh, uh, one of the representatives that I talked talk, uh, to, Len Stewart, up there, is uh, already lining up more veterans for me to talk to from various branches and specialties. And, and yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've got a home for uh, a lot of folks up there, apparently. <laughs> Yes, you're going to be the regular. Yeah, Stephen, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, what what a fun what a fun show. Yes, it was very much so. Very much so. And I ask everyone to join us next week. We have Deb Boulanger. She has been with us before. And with the summer months coming ahead, or not coming ahead, they are here, everyone's planning on some picnics and some uh, different, everybody eats a little bit differently in the summertime. You might not want to turn the oven on, but maybe you've got the barbecue in the backyard. Deb is going to help us with some summer eating uh, enjoyment. Uh, she's always got us Staying healthy and being healthy and making sure that we're eating right so that we can be tip-top and we can always uh, be watching our health. Do join us next week. I hope you have a wonderful week. And uh, check us out, as I say, on iTunes. Bring those podcasts with you because we have uh, almost 200 in the can. We'll be celebrating our 200th show in the beginning of September. So have a great week, everyone. Thanks for being with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. 